This podcast is brought to you by Undercurrent Athletics and Hard Knocks Gym, both located at the corner of 52nd Street and Broadway. We are also brought to you by Maceo Spice and Import Company, located at 2706 Market Street. For sponsorship and advertising information, please contact Galveston Island Podcast at gmail.com. All right, folks, we are back with another podcast. It is the 20th of July, 2017, and we just came back from a uh, city council uh, special workshop. I'm here with uh, Clint Stevens. He is a uh, representative of the GMPA. Clint, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Clint Stevens. I'm a GMPA representative. Uh, currently, I'm the treasurer for the association. also serve as a GMPA spokesman. So we're not going to go through the, the regular uh podcast intro because yesterday we did a, a special edition one so we're just going to jump right into it um so today we went to a, a special uh city council meeting that was meant to um the city inter- was talking about the budget and they introduced uh the idea or entertained the gmpa to come do uh a, what under the public was under reception a presentation correct correct and uh so what what was the what was let's just start where the GMPA was going to uh, start with, like what's your mission goal? What what were you guys going to accomplish being there today, at having the city invite you? Uh, well, the first thing we kind of wanted to do was just uh, I guess address some uh, I guess misnomers about uh, what what GMPA does, who we are. So I, w- I would start by saying the GMPA was founded in 1953. We represent not only the interests of, of police officers, but we also represent uh, the interests of the community as a whole. Um, you know, the Galveston Municipal Police Association, we're a 501c4 nonprofit organization. Uh, we contribute thousands annually to uh, multiple charity organizations uh, throughout the city. The August Children's Fund is one, uh, Special Olympics. Uh, GISD back to school drive. We participate in all those. So uh, to, I guess to say that we're exclusively a, a collective bargaining agent would be um, would be a bit of a misnomer. Um, so you guys are you guys do more than just represent the police as correct. a union. You do you do public outreach or you what you what you're are you is that are you when you try to do public outreach is are there any uh, boundaries that you have to go through? with let's say like uh, department heads and the city administration? Um, I think kind of what you're getting at is, is you know, uh, whether or not it's, it's a violation of city charter for us to you know, address openly with, with city council. And uh, there's, there's no indication of that. We're not a, look, our contract is, we have a three-year contract with the city of Galveston. That term is not up until September of 2019. So we have two more years before it's up. So uh, we're not out to bargain um, really our, our sole intent and purpose was just to educate not only city council, but also the public. Yeah. So for anyone listening um, today, we try, the GMPA tried to uh, speak to the city council, right? Correct. And uh, what were some of the things you were going to tell them? Cause you guys kind of got railroaded by the city attorney saying that, um, you know, it's not in any agenda and sometimes you can't, you know, you can't put things, you know, say things that are on the agenda, but what were you guys trying to say? Right, and, and that's disheartening. Um, however, you know, I would like to commend the city that, uh, you know, we have seen them step up. It looks like uh, we're, we are going to get a, a budgeted increase uh, in manpower, and um, uh, 16 more officers will help. So, uh, Is that what I, you guys were looking for primarily? Um, or Well, that's pretty close. Um, 
You know, we were looking around 170. If they get all 16 positions, now mind you, eight of those are, are grant based on a grant. But if we do get all 16 positions, that would bring us up for our authorized strength all the way up to uh, 168, which is really close to where we where we want to be. So, uh, you know, we have to commend them on those efforts at least. Um, as far as as what we wanted to, uh, to express uh, to city council, I guess uh, – the bit, you know, there was a lot of uh, back and forth about crime statistics. And first off, you have to understand that, that crime, crime statistics, there's, a, uh, there's an incentive for, uh, for, crime, for crime statistics to be manipulated uh, by a city because it, obviously they want the crime to appear, to, you know, low. So keep that in mind. However, I, I'm not saying that that's going on with our city. In fact, I would, I would go ahead and, and, and concede that our stats are probably – pretty close to accurate, if not accurate. So with that in mind, what we want people to, to still understand is, is that using the last uh, FBI UCR stats, uh, what we saw is that we're still, an overall crime, we're still 46% higher than the rest of the nation. And, you know, we want to have the best police department in the United States, if we, if we can have that. And, you know, our research shows that for in, in safe communities, you have what's called a 60-40 split. So you have, that means that 60% of an officer's time on a day-to-day -day basis is spent doing proactive things. That's, uh, that could be community policing, that could be out patrolling in the neighborhoods. Uh, it could be uh, um, simple things like a, a burglary detail to target specific crimes, uh, running traffic in a school zone, to, uh, so that you have that proactive enforcement. And those are some things that, due to the staffing levels being what they are uh, currently, that we haven't been able to realize. Okay. I just want to start by asking a few questions that I kind of had mulled over and some people uh, wanted to ask as well. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, how many officers are employed? Currently, the, the latest number that I have is, is 132. That's that's sworn officers, mind you. That's not uh, total, total staff. Uh, we do have... I believe 19 cadets uh, currently also, uh, but they're, they're not yet sworn officers. And how many, so let's just say like on a random Thursday, uh, Thursday morning or Thursday from you guys are at 12 hour shifts, right? Uh -huh. How many, how many guys do you have out on patrol and how many are you required to have out on patrol? Uh, department's minimum staffing number is 14. So the department strives to get 14 officers out on the street. Um, often that doesn't happen. Uh, for instance, yesterday uh, I was told we had eight officers out on the street for the entire island. And uh, I think that should be concerning to citizens for a number of reasons. You know, you look at increased response times. I mean, when you call 911, how fast do you want an officer? You know, quick. So it, what happens is is that you go to the back of the queue. And uh, and that translates all the way up. That's not So as soon as they come in, it's it's not like some – I mean, some do, I guess, get priority if it's like right. an active crime or – but so some don't, they get put on the end line. Right, right. And it's, you know, uh, and that's to say, and I, and I, don't, I don't mean to, to, to I guess, that, that's not to scare people. You know, I mean, if you call police, we're, we're going to get there. What we're just saying is, is that there's the possibility that, you know, due to the staffing levels being what they are, it may take a little bit longer for an officer to get there than it normally would. Do you have the average mm -hmm. response time for a, uh, let's just say, like a regular disturbance call? Um, I, I don't. Uh, we, we, what they are is they're, they're prioritized. And uh, city administration or department administration would probably be better suited to give you exact, 
exact numbers. I don't have the exact numbers. I would say that, you know, uh, probably for a priority one response, and that's, that's like, you know, if you, if you call police and say, hey, you know, someone's trying to kill me, um, you're looking probably five to seven minute response time, which, uh, which isn't too bad. Now, if it's a summer day and there's, you know, a million people on the island, there could be multiple calls like that coming in. So it, it, could, it could substantially affect that. Do you know how many uh, calls the department gets a day? Because at, at that meeting we are talking about uh, call, calls, the number of calls coming in. What, what, what do you see um, statistically from, your, from where you sit? How many calls do we get a day? Uh, per day it varies. Uh, what, what we found, we, we got an average, and what it, what it came out to is that we have one call coming in about every seven and a half minutes, we have an officer being dispatched uh, to some sort of call about every seven and a half minutes. We run about, and it fluctuates again, but we run about 68,000 calls for service every year. So we have approximately 68 officers that are, uh, that are assigned to patrol, and now that varies due to, uh, you know. So that's 1,000 calls an officer. Yeah, 1,000 calls per officer. Um, and, and that number fluctuates, too. It's some days, you know, you have uh, injuries, officers are... Uh, uh, you know, retention issues. So we don't always have 68, but uh, that's that's an approximate number. And that's total patrol, and that's spread out over four shifts, uh, each 12 hours long. And what I'd like to add is that this isn't just, it's, you know, where you can say, well, okay, so you have 68 officers on patrol. Why don't you just allocate more officers to patrol because you have all these other officers, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what you need to keep in mind is is that this this trickles down into every every area of the department. So, for instance, say, um, uh, criminal investigations. That's your detectives. All right. Um, what we've what we've seen is is that right now there's a seven month backlog because we don't have enough detectives. So if you were a victim of a property crime, let's say um, your car was broken into, and even if you have good solvability factors, and what I mean by that is to say if you, you know, let's say there's fingerprints on the door, uh, if you see fingerprints on the window, you got surveillance footage. You know, you you have a good suspect. Um, it's still going to be approximately seven months before a detective is able to free up and pick up the phone and call you. Um, and it, to us, I, we're just saying we think we can do a better job than that. And it's going to take it's going to take additional staffing to do that. Is that is that just going to have to be uh, detectives, or is it going to? I mean, that's kind of. I mean, seven months. That's how many cases is that like backlogged? So it's and it it varies, but is, and is that I mean is that disheartening to I mean people hearing this is that disheartening to people making the calls and saying hey, you know my car got broken into hey my car stolen, because um, some of the statistics that I saw there and I had questions were you know these are the crime numbers and it's just they're you know in 2015 they were going down, right? Um, what I mean what do you do when when uh, what do you do when people don't report that, where they say the police aren't going to do anything about Where, you know, I'm, I'm just playing the devil's advocate. You know, right. the police are going to say, or the you know, citizens are going to say, well, the Galveston PD, they're not going to do anything about it anyway, so mm -hmm. why am I even going to report it? Or, I mean, is that. Well, and, and I would, I want to, and I, I'd, I'd like to just put that out there, right? I mean, don't, don't ever think that, hey, GPD is too swamped. We just, they don't have enough people. I'm, not, I'm just not going to call them because my incident's not important. Or it's, or I don't think they're going to solve it. Um, the only way that we can that we can really justify, we have to be able to show that, hey, look, we have these reports coming in, 
and we don't have enough people to investigate them. So if people stop calling us, those go away. And the citizens have a right for, you know, to have the best police service possible, and, uh, and they should accept nothing less. I mean, that's their, their tax dollars are, uh, are, are spent on, on police. A large, the, the largest item in the budget, in fact, is police. I know, um, I know on, on Facebook, this, I think it was the city that posted the, uh, the survey that they did. Um, with they were trying to get you know the whole island to participate, and what only six hundred or six hundred five people participated out of the whole island. Right, it's like, like that's like one point two percent. Right, um, if that. How how is it for you the GMPA? Um, how how are you trying to do more public outreach, and you know the city's trying to do it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel I personally I see I'm seeing it as. Um, it's hard to get traction on the ground to to make people actually care and say, hey, if you're going to be part of the um, problem, you can sit there and do nothing. But if you want to be part of the solution, you, know, you can stand up and, and say something. Right. And, you know, and you bring up a good point, because ultimately that's the, to have any effect on this issue. That's what it's going to take. It, it, it's it, it's the public. And what does the public want? What is what, what's the priority for the public? Um, everybody wants a safer community, I think, I hope. Uh, but what's our what's our number one priority? And you know, is it is it attracting tourism or is it um, you know having a having a safe community? And I think the residents uh, pro- probably because people a lot of people who live you know live here now who aren't from the island are you know they visited as they were kids and young adults and they said, man, I love that town Galveston. I'm gonna come back and you know. Right. Get my little nest egg here. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to discount tourists because I mean, you know, they may drive us crazy, you know. But uh, I mean, ultimately, our revenue, a lot of it comes from tourism. So obviously, you know, the, the city revolves around that. So we don't mm-hmm. discourage people from coming here. Uh, and now, that's, a lot of the a lot of the crime coming in here is that people coming from off the island, or is it also in the off season? Is it included with some of the people here? Well, it's it's a mix. It's not a you know this isn't this isn't solely. I will say that there are, there are quite a few of uh, of the crimes being committed or being committed by people that are from you know that aren't residents of the island. Um, but there there is a bulk of it that also comes from uh, uh, from within. So uh, I talked to another one of your um, colleagues, uh, mm-hmm. and he said that you guys used to be on eight hour shifts. Correct. And you moved to the twelve hour shifts in September, and that was also brought up in the, in the city council meeting. Um, has that posed any problems on staffing and uh, wh- what, you know, what shifts, what, what's a better shift uh, policy for the, uh, for the department that you believe is, you know, going to work uh, easier? You know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's the, uh, that it's the 12 hour shift in general that, uh, that, that poses the problem because if it's, you know, uh, if, if the shifts adequately staffed, you don't run into, you don't, you're not going to run into those problems. And, uh, you know, we did make that switch. I guess it's been almost a year, and um, I think the majority of the officers, at least from what I've seen, the, the last polling that we did showed that the majority of the officers were were in favor of it. Um, it was a bit of a contentious issue uh, within the department, but I think the majority of officers have been happy with the uh, with the twelve hour shifts. It does allow for more time off, which is uh, difficult uh, at times. Now, going back to the meeting, you guys were supposed to have a PowerPoint presentation, correct? Uh, we had a, uh, we did have a presentation prepared. Uh, it wasn't a, I'm sorry. Okay. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a PowerPoint presentation, but we did have a presentation prepared. Um, so it was, it was a little disheartening that, uh, you know, that we weren't able to, uh, 
to, to speak about, about those points. But, uh, you know, the, what, what were the points you wanted to speak on? Well, uh, if you were to give the presentation, I mean, you can go ahead and give it to me now. And then, well, that, uh, the first thing was kind of what I already went into was just, you know, what GMPA is, who we are, who we represent, you know, which it's not just the officers, we represent the community, but it's important to remember that, you know, we're part of a democratic process. I mean, we're a democratic Republic. We're, uh, and our elected officials are elected to represent us. So it's important that we're able to have a dialogue, uh, with them. So, when we can't, uh, such as in the fashion that occurred today, it's 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 pretty disheartening. Uh, what I really just wanted to 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 say, and I know what uh, what Jeff and and Joe wanted to talk about, were, I mean, to start with, what the you know what the GMPA is, who we are, what we do, uh, who we represent, and then also why we were there. And there was a you know an editorial ran by Michael Smith and the uh, and the Gallison Daily News that uh, I felt was a little unfair. Um, you know, kind of a uh, you know, we were invited to come speak to city council. It wasn't, uh, you know, this wasn't our idea. We were invited to come to come speak, and uh, that, that's why we that's why we were there. And um, you know, all we wanted to do was educate not only council, but we wanted to educate the public as well on uh, on all of these issues. And we wanted to talk. We wanted to talk about staffing. Uh, there was a lot of a lot during the presentation about staffing numbers and and. Uh, you know, crime statistics, and we wanted to be able to address each one of those subjects. And uh, you know, unfortunately, there was a difference in opinion with the uh, with the city attorney. Felt that uh, you know that that wasn't the appropriate forum to do that. I think that's unfortunate. Um, I'd like to see it at the attorney general's opinion on that. I, I think he would probably disagree. So. Uh, well, the good thing about this is we don't have an agenda, so we can talk about anything we like. Great. Um, so. One of the big, three biggest things that people, or two biggest things that people look look when they come down mm-hmm. uh, to buy a house are uh, crime statistics and the schools. Mm-hmm. But I, I really want to focus on crime. I mean, even okay. on Facebook, people are posting on, you know, hey, I'm, you know, this is happening, this is happening, cars getting broken into, um, this is the fourth time this happened. You know, right. they they, op- they opened my door just to see what they could get. Um, how how do how does like a regular person go about and and how do they make it known to uh, the city that there is a crime issue and not not just to the department because right. you know you guys have that's, I think it's a two year lag from all the statistics you get that have to go to the FBI and right and to get actual statistics out so the 16 statistics will probably be at the end of this year right 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 so um, how uh, how do they combat it and how do they alert that their city council members um and city i mean just the city administration that the crime's going up right that 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 the citizens are witnessing it and experiencing it well and and we saw we saw a lot of that on social media and uh you know you look on facebook and you see that there's a lot of conversations out there you know vehicles being broken into and originally when we looked at you know we thought well is this just is this just anecdotal is this people's personal experiences or, or is there actually a an issue there uh, so we went and we pulled uh, the latest stats that we could find from from OSSI, and what we found is is that there was there was an 18 percent increase, especially specifically regarding vehicle crimes. And it seems to be you know that's that's auto burglary, UUMV, which is theft of theft of an auto. So you know it wasn't only anecdotal evidence, and uh, there there is some validity there. Now going back to what I said earlier is that you can you can there's a number of different ways you can interpret statistics, but one thing that 
we can all see clearly is that Galveston is still 46% higher than the national average. And that's concerning to people because you mentioned people come, one of the things they look at is, is crime stats. Well, uh, areavibes.com is a consortium of, of crime statistics, and they help people choose neighborhoods. Well, they rated Galveston an F uh, on crime. And that's the, first pers- that's the first thing that you see when you click on Galveston. And uh, that's, that's, that's going to be disheartening to uh, somebody that, that may have a, have a career here on the island, even, even a police officer or a firefighter or, or, or any uh, – it doesn't matter where they work. If they're, if they're looking to move to the island, that's the first thing that's going to jump out to them. So now getting back to what people can do. Um, so the biggest thing that I would tell them is, is that they, they, need, to, they need to be proactive. And because what, what it's going to take to change these things is, is the public has to be vocal. And that means that they need to, they need to send an email to the city manager. They, they need to carbon copy city council and, and say, this is the crime that we're experiencing, and, and ask the city, you know, what are they doing about it? What, uh, what steps are we taking? And, uh, and once again, that's not to say that the city's doing nothing and sitting on their hands, because obviously we saw during the meeting, and I was really happy to see that they, that they did step up in, in certain cases. But, uh, has, but that, has that always been the case? When, when uh, I know some of the numbers I was hearing other people say, you know, well, that's great, you know, that's awesome, let's see if they hold up to their part. Mm-hmm. Um, have they had, what, what have they come to you with and said about any kind of negotiations? Because you guys have tried to be more open, honest, and you know, transparent with your communications with the public and trying to reach out to the city. Um, what have they responded to you prior to this, this, uh, the city council special workshop? Um, as far as, as their response to our requests? Or? Mm-hmm. And, and what have you guys requested? I know you've requested more manpower. And, and I mean, the ma- manpower and pay kind of go hand in hand right. i mean if, if you're if you're you know off the bat you know working working like a dog and not and you you know you don't want to put 25 years in and get a you know a bad reward right or not i mean not a bad reward a decent you know a, something that you can work up the road you know and live in dickinson and you know work at work there and get a better better pay and you know, better rewards. Right. And that's what we don't want to see is we don't want to see officers uh, be lured away, you know, from more competitive agencies in the area. And that's, that's something that unfortunately, you know, has happened. We lost a, a cadet very recently uh, from, from not this, this, this academy, but the one right before it quit uh, right at the end of the academy when he was ready to, to put his badge on, he, he up and went to, uh, to league city uh, who, you know, they offer a more, uh, a more lucrative uh, pay package, but you know, that's, it kind of getting away from the from the point a little bit because, you know, we're we're in a we're in a contract right now, and mm-hmm. I don't anticipate that anything's going to change on that front. And uh, September 2019, we'll be looking at uh, you know at renegotiating a new contract, and, and wages is obviously something that we'll talk about mm-hmm. at that time. Okay, so right now you're just focusing on educating the public. Right. We want the we want the public to just to be aware of. From our standpoint, not just uh, which is you know what makes it disheartening when, when uh, you know we're not able to, uh, to to speak to address something. We just want the public to, to know the facts. That's it. Um, you know, uh, transparency is the uh, I guess is, is kind of the word of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if we're not allowed to speak, then what is it that what is it that city management is afraid of, um, so to speak? I mean, is it the truth? 
So with um, regards to speaking, um, speaking to, to city council and, and letting the, you know, alerting, you know, letting the public know what's going on, what, what are some of the issues that the police are trying to voice besides um, crime? What are, what are some of the issues? Um, well, you know, most of most of those are, are, are things that we discuss one on one with, uh, with with the chief of police. But, you know, we do have, uh, you know, our biggest our biggest three, I guess, is that, you know, we want to see a focused city management, number one, which is we want we want to feel like city management is making public safety their number one priority, because have, having a safe community is, I hope, what everybody wants ultimately at the, at the end of the day. All right. Uh, the second thing is is manpower. And I think we saw a big step in the right direction today. Uh, you know, I hope we get all 16 positions because that's huge. Uh, so and then third is public safety and officer safety as it relates to crime. And when you see, you know, officers, uh, the understa- understaffing, it's not only dangerous to the public, but it's also dangerous for the officers when they don't. If 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 I'm on a call at uh, 61st and Broadway, and the nearest officer, and I, and I get assault, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting assaulted by somebody, and the nearest officer that can assist me is uh, in Jamaica Beach, that's a long way to come to, to get some help, uh, to, to have the, you know, the nearest available officer come from. And having appropriate staffing levels, you know, specifically to patrol, and, you know, we've heard numbers thrown out, you know, like, oh, you know, they had 50, 50 officers working this weekend, and you know, we're talking about officers that are available for patrol. That means that when a call comes over the radio, these are guys that, that pick up the phone and respond to those calls or pick up the, the mics, not, not, not phone, but uh, they're available to respond to calls. So once again, just, just to hit that again, all right, focus city management, making public safety their number one priority, all right, manpower, which I think we saw a huge step in the right direction today, so you know, hats off to them for that. And then, and lastly, public safety and officer safety as it relates to crime. Okay. And um, so with the, the good foot forward that the city mm-hmm. presented, um, do you see any, any uh, more, uh, anything happening with the GMPA in city with regards to like openness, transparency, and, and communica- just open line of communication that you guys can go and like, mm-hmm. hey, knock on their door and say, hey, this is what our officers are, you know, having problems with or, you know, something of that. Well, uh, one of the too. great things I think that came away from today's uh, meeting was, that, you know, we did have the city manager um, go out on a limb and say that he'd be happy to meet with us every two weeks. And, um, you know, originally we had just been meeting with uh, with the chief of police. So I think that's huge in itself. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, that's something that we that we haven't experienced in the past. And uh, I think we'll go a long way towards, uh, I guess, uh, removing a lot of the, uh, uh, the the clouds. Okay. Well, uh, I do appreciate you coming out and, and speaking with us. Is there mm-hmm. anything else you'd like to say or add? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I just, uh, you know, I want to – one thing I, I would like to do is just, uh, you know, we saw an overwhelming response from the citizens of Gallison today, today coming out to the meeting. And, uh, you know, that was uh, it's something you don't see every day. And uh, a lot of times – Law enforcement, especially in this day and age, feels that you know the public doesn't necessarily have their back and doesn't support them as much as uh, as they would like. And uh, I think the citizens of Galveston proved them wrong today on that, and uh, they showed up in force, and, and it was uh, it, it was a good feeling. Okay, well, um, on a lighter note, we're going to be doing a podcast with Galveston on Brewery next week. 
So stay tuned. But thank you, Mr. Stevens. Absolutely. For coming out. And thank you to the GMPA. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks. Appreciate it.